Hey kids, welcome back to the next episode of the Incredible Kids Podcast. My name is Moritz Siri, and I will be your host through this incredible journey. We are going to meet many incredible kids. They are going to share with us their stories. Some of them super cool and different like you've never heard before, and some you may say are just ordinary, but all of them incredible. If you have great ideas, email me today at ikidspodcast at gmail.com. And now it's time for... It's time for the joke of the day! Yay! Today's joke is brought to you by Faggy J from Lakewood, New Jersey. What do you say on a rabbit's birthday? Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Five Towns Central, your one stop for all your advertising needs in the Five Towns community and beyond. So follow them on social media, Five Towns Central, they do the best job. This week, a very special thing happened. I announced that I'm coming out with a new episode. It's off schedule, like we're one week early, but I hustled to do this for this week in honor of the end of the school year, in honor of the kids who made it. (laughs) You guys did it. Awesome. And in honor of our incredible teachers. So a couple of listeners have donated in honor of a special teacher. The Greenfield family wants to honor Maura Winger and Mrs. Marks. And the Silberstein family wants to honor Maura Newman, Miss Lerner, and Mrs. Herzog. There were a couple more anonymous ones, and one of them wanted to honor Maura Sarah Schumann. And the Price family would like to honor Maura Sachs, Mrs. Liebman, Maura Rushanshad, Mrs. Purek, and Maura Panina. I personally want to dedicate this episode to my dear friend, Maura Bela Kroll, who is an incredible teacher in Baltimore, and I personally learned so much from her all the years being a Maura together with her. Before we start this program today, I want to say that I got a very special letter from a very special first grader named Becca. She wrote me a whole note on journal paper and sent it home with one of my kids from school. And she wanted me to know that the bullying episode with our special interviewee Baruch was so impressionable on her and she loved it. And she loved hearing the story about him spritching the water bottle and everything. And if you heard that episode, episode 10, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. So Becca, thanks for listening. You're incredible. And on the same note, I want to read you an email that I received from a girl from Connecticut who was submitting her homework. And it's, by the way, like this kind of homework, you can submit it whenever you want. There's no deadlines here. Like if you hear this episode and it makes a difference to you in a few weeks, like please keep sending the homework. That is the point. You're supposed to be practicing it in your life whenever it comes up. She said, there's a girl in my class and everyone was being mean to her and I wasn't. She started crying and I went to her and asked if she wants to play with me. And then she wiped her tears and felt better. So Batshava from Connecticut, you are practicing that rabbit space that we talked about. And that is so meaningful and beautiful. Keep it up. Teachers, Rebbies, Moras, tutors, Hebrew subjects, English subjects, all of them work very, very hard the entire year. We all know they don't get paid enough and they're doing this because they love it. They're doing this because they love you. When they come in, when they have things to share with you guys, they want to make a difference in your life. A lot of times teachers do things that we don't really understand and we get aggravated and all those feelings are so normal. There's times when everybody feels like something wasn't fair or a teacher didn't really understand them and teachers are normal. Teachers are human. Teachers 
teachers are people. If we can make a relationship with our teachers where we feel comfortable talking to them about our challenges and our struggles, because they really should feel to you like that trusted adult, that parent, that role model while you're at school. We spend so many hours at school and hopefully many of you can say that you feel close and connected to a special teacher, Rebbe or Mora. We asked our listeners, can you tell us about something a teacher, Rebbe or Mora did for you that you'll never forget? Here's what they had to say. Hi, my name is Gershom and I'm nine years old. The time when my teacher did something very nice to me is when he gave me a lot of points and let me buy a lot of prizes and we had a pizza party, so he let me buy a lot of things. Hi, my name is Daniel. I'm four years old and when my mom said I'm very good at postal questions and I want to answer postal questions. Hi, my name is Chaim. I'm six years old. Something that my mother complimented me is that she said I'm a really good artist. And it made me feel so good. Hi, my name is Dina. I'm 11 years old. One thing my teacher did for me that I'll never forget is when I was doing an activity with some other girls out of school, and we included a girl, and she thought it was so amazing that she brought us donuts. Hi, my name is Rita. I'm seven years old, and my teacher is really special because she lets me color while she's teaching Parsha and all the other teachers don't laugh. My name is Laya, I'm six years old. And one time my teacher did something a day early because she knew I wasn't going to be there the next day. Hi, my name is Laya and I'm eight years old. And something I liked that my teacher did for me was she helped me when I fell. My name is Shoshana and I'm nine years old and I want to thank Moritziri, my kindergarten teacher, because I still remember the bubblegum dance she did and all the fun games that she did. And that during COVID, in the beginning of her Zoom classes, she always put music and she was such a great Mora and I really loved her. Hi, my name is Liba. I'm 11 years old and I want to thank Moritziri for giving me such a great year when I was in kindergarten. And my favorite memory was when I was, when I turned six, and everybody in the class had to give me six birthday hugs. Those last two delicious girls were my very own students, and it touched me so deeply that they sent in these voice notes. And I'm a little embarrassed that I put them on here, but I love them very much. And so I decided to put them in. And there's so many kids out there that I'm sure can tell you about Amora or something that Amora did that made an impression on them. I'll just tell you very quickly that I just met my own third grade teacher who I have not seen in so many years. I went over to her, introduced myself, and I told her that I still sing all her songs. And I remember her candy that she gave out when we learned Chomesh nicely and we had such a fun conversation and if you have the chance to thank one of your Moros teachers Rabbeim from this year or a year before do it it's never too late In today's episode, we are first going to hear from Morisara Shafrin, a fantastic, incredible teacher, and so much more. You're going to hear for yourself from Bergenfield, New Jersey. Then we're going to hear from Dovi from Baltimore, who is 12 years old and is going to talk about a special connection that he has with his Rebbe that helps him every single day in school and out of school. Enjoy this episode, and I hope that it pays tribute to all of our incredible teachers and Rebbe's and kids who are connecting with their teachers every single day. I present to you a conversation I had that was so much fun. You're going to hear the fun in it and like the laughter and everything. 
Did you ever wonder like what happens inside the teacher's room? The doors are closed and like, what are the teachers talking about and what are they doing? And why is there so much noise coming out of there and all the food that's going in and out? So we're going to give you a little taste of what teachers might just be schmoozing about. But this mower that I chose is a very special mower. You're going to hear about all the things that she does for the community where she lives and also all over. Parents who are listening, her name is Sarah Shafrin and this mower Sarah can come to entertain at your children's bat mitzvahs or bas mitzvahs as you're going to hear they're called both she's what we call like a bat mitzvah bas mitzvah motivator and she comes with a DJ and sound setup and dancers, tons of shtick. She's also available for schools to come and do things and women's events like kumzitzes and challah bakes and concerts. If you have any reason to celebrate or bring an incredible woman, incredible mentor, an incredible example and role model into your community, I personally would run to an event like that. If she's coming to Baltimore, I'm there. <laughs> Marissa Sham, Baltimore people, invite her to your best mitzvah and then invite me. <laughs> I want to dance and have fun. Enjoy this interview and I hope you gain tons of lessons and more Sarah. Remember, she's talking directly to you kids. She wants you to listen. She wants you to be inspired as you're going to hear more Sarah and I even more so are inspired by you. Hi, welcome to the show, Maura Sarah. I'm going to have you introduce yourself and you could just tell our audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you live. Take it away. Thank you so much, Maura Siri. I'm Maura Sarah and sometimes I'm Mrs. Shafrin. I'm introducing myself. Are you ready? It's like a list. It's I, like a whole I, bunch of I have a feeling it's going to go on for a long time, your introduction. Might go on. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Maura. I live in Bergenfield and I work at RYNJ. So for part of the day, I'm a third grade Maura. And for the other part of the day, I'm a music teacher for grades one through five. I'm also a bas mitzvah motivator and I'm also a bat mitzvah motivator. And I <laughs> Both love to of them, bas mitzvah and <laughs> yes. bat mitzvah. Yes. Okay. And I love to dance and sing at bat mitzvahs near and far. I'm also the program director at Camp Dina. It's going to be my 10th summer, Mitzvah I'm also one of the directors of Me'orot, which is an all-girls production of song and dance that benefits NCSY Summer. I'm also the director of my own choir called the GCBC, the Girls Choir of Bergen County. I am also on the board of trustees at the Bergenfield Public Library, obviously. Okay, that's the most random thing ever. Uh, yeah, well, I love reading. So okay. it's like that's an, beautiful. It's a little... <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I'm going to give you on your toes the whole time, Moritzeri. Okay, I'm excited. Is your list over? Well, I have six kids. Can I know I try to take care of my home with a lot of probably the list will be added to the more we talk. I'm a okay, amazing. I'm a daughter and a mother and a wife and a sister and a granddaughter and a big guest. <laughs> Morisara is very humble. She said very quickly that she likes to sing and dance. Morisara is a professional singer. And even though she's so busy, she sometimes has concerts. She has songs like Every Girl's a Big Tzadikas. I love that song that you could listen Thank to. You. Thank um, you. On the Nashim Tzadkaniyos album, which was such a huge zuchos to be a part of. Thank you, Hashem. I have the Big Tzadikas song and also a song called Melech HaMashiach, mm-hmm. which I love. And I have the Thank You, Hashem girls singing on it, which includes my nieces who are... Mordechai Shapiro's daughters. That's like my claim mm. to fame. That's one of my other jobs, by the your way. Your claim to fame being... is that your nieces are his daughters. Yeah. <laughs> are you following? <laughs> Obviously. From what I understand, you're Mordechai Shapiro's sister. Yes. And Mordechai Shapiro is my brother. I also have a song out with my sister called Adon Olam. And it's amazing. And Mordechai wrote it. And a fun fact is that Morisara's mother was my teacher in seventh grade. She was my vocabulary teacher and she was a very good Mora. You're a very special person. But the reason why 
I brought you on to today's episode is because at the end of the school year and before we leave school and everybody says their goodbyes until next time, I want everybody to get to know and appreciate what Moras do for their students. So that it's so cool when you get to know your teachers very, very well. You're a Mora for like a bazillion kids because you teach like the whole school. If anybody knows who you are and if they don't, they're about to know you're a very cool person. So when you have a Mora who's a good role model and teaches so much and then they also are cool and they're also fun and different, it helps the kids be able to say, hey, I want to be like her when I grow up. Can you tell us a little bit about what school was like for you? when you were a kid. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm so embarrassed about all the things you said, but that was so ah, That's my job. <laughs> I grew up in Muncie. I think I was a pretty nutty kid, which probably <laughs> annoyed my teachers, but I always got good grades, which probably made it even more annoying. They couldn't even be like, because you didn't behave, you didn't get a good grade. Like I would go crazy and then I would all still get a good grade. And then By the way, I, I really, think the nuttiest kids make the best teachers. when they grow up. Oh, yes. Nobody could try anything on me. I invented all of it. (laughs) You invented what? Nuttiness? Yes. All nuttiness. All tricks. I'm a nut. 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 But I loved all my teachers very much. I really did. My parents always told me teachers are people too. What a concept. And it built a mindset of respect for me. But Mm -hmm. We ever saw our teacher or our principal at shul or at the store, oh, we would like crack up and run away and (laughs) feel awkward. I think that that made me like a really normal kid. And when I was a kid in school, I used to make up a lot of songs with my friends. We would try to switch songs from English to Hebrew on our own. That's creative. Yeah. We also made up a song for every girl in our class when it was her bas mitzvah. And we would sing it for her at her bas mitzvah. The whole class would get up with like the paper, like it was color. And we would sing for that girl. Um, Is that where your love for bas mitzvah started? (laughs) Yes. I always have fun at parties, especially. And school was a party also. So I always had fun at school. That was like a really close connection from parties to the classroom. It's always a party. (laughs) Always a party. Did you always think you were going to be a mora when you grow up? So my seventh grade Chumash teacher was brilliant and kind and creative. And she would explain Mepharshim to us. And it made me feel that my learning was really advanced and on a really high level. That was the first year that I started saying, when I grow up, I'm going to be a Chumash teacher. Like, I think I want to be this. I think I want to do this. And it was that teacher, Miriam Reisler. All right. And she had Aliyah. I went to her when I was in seminary for Shabbos. It was amazing. And it was like, oh, you're just as awesome now that I'm a grown up and I can appreciate you even more. So that seventh grade teacher was like the first thing that inspired you to be a Mora. She brought our learning to a really high level. One you of the felt things, challenged. Yeah, I loved feeling challenged. A Mora really has to challenge the kids. I, I really mm-hmm. appreciated that. Everything your yeah. teachers do, like you really remember. Oh, I remember every single teacher I ever had. And I still, I see my nursery teacher around the neighborhood because her grandchildren live in my neighborhood and she has the same perfume. And I like hug her and thank her. I remember every single teacher. So you have a good memory for people and smells. <laughs> <laughs> More Sarah, so you're so, you know, you have so many talents that we heard about already. So when did you start to develop these talents? Were they, especially the musical talents and the, you know, all the other things that you can do? I've been entertaining people for as long as I can remember. I'm the middle child of seven kids. When I was young, I would try to get attention wherever I could. My sister, she's eight years older than me. And mm-hmm. 
her best friend was the youngest in her family. My sister's best friend, her parents were like Bubby and Zadie age. They had grandchildren. And I would go there for lunch with my sister. Yeah. <laughs> Preschool. And I would stand up on their fancy dining room chairs and I would sing all of my school songs for them. And they loved it. And they would give me attention. <laughs> you always wanted attention. <laughs> I loved attention. I was Harsina in our Chomish play and I was Annie in Annie. And I was... Oh! Like wherever there was a thing, I was the thing. <laughs> so you were the star of the show since you were a little tiny girl. Yes, really since preschool. I was already like performing for people. That's so cute. Yeah. I never felt like being a girl or and having special rules about who's allowed to hear me sing made it hard for me or bad for me. I love singing with all girls. I love singing for girl audiences and for women audiences. I never felt like, oh, I can't sing. I sing, I sing every day, all day. Right. There are so many places where there's a room full of girls where you could sing with them. In my shul, my mother used to perform for the women when they would have like sisterhood events. Mm -hmm. So they used to do a thing every spring in honor of anybody who got engaged or got married that past year. And mm -hmm. the women in the community would put on like a play on Shabbos afternoon. It was like a Shabbos skit, but they would practice and they would sing. And that's um, so and cute. Like, it sounds like camp. So funny and like so entertaining. And, um, and my mom was in them. So I was, I was inspired. A lot of my performing is inspired by my mom. And I was in it when, when I was in high school, I was in them. Wow. Her. And that was so fun. So you were already basically performing since yeah. way back when you were since performing. I'm a very little girl. And you do you play any instruments? When I got to seminary, I went to a music store and bought myself a guitar. I spent a lot of time at night with any of my friends that actually had guitar lessons previously. And by Lagba Omer of that year, I led the Kumsitz for wow. my seminary of 130 girls with the guitar. I've been playing ever since. I have dreams of doing other instruments, but for now, my main instrument is guitar. And if you put a tambourine in my hand, I can rock that thing, baby. Is there like a certain way to play a tambourine? Oh, yes. It's endless. Oh my gosh. All I Jewish women have... should know how to shake a tambourine because that's what we're going to be doing when Mashiach comes. Yes, so true. There is a whole movement of people that are like trending thing to like decorate a, a tambourine for when Mashiach comes. But like, no one ever thinks about learning how to play. That's right. I'm going to run the lessons. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be like, please come to Sarah Shafrin's tambourine playing seminar so that yeah. we all know what to do tomorrow. Everyone line up outside our... her tent. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to like have some more people on call to do that. Maybe I'll join more take it up. I have to learn it first. I have to order one on Amazon tonight and then hopefully I'll I'll teach it because if Mashiach's coming today, I don't know. Yeah, we're in a rush. Amazon Prime <laughs> now. Um, that Maybe they is... have the tambourine, the one that comes in two hours. Exactly. That's yeah, That's exactly. You have to order. How long are you a mower for? I've been teaching in the classroom formally since 2004. Wow, that's a long time. That's almost 20 years. I know, which kind of doesn't make sense because I'm like 21 now. I don't know. I guess I've been teaching since I'm one year old. And <laughs> what did it try to figure out the math? Okay. Like, you know, fine. it's funny because the Mora that we had on the podcast last week said exactly the opposite. She said, I've been teaching for so long. So do the math. I'm a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> These Moras are not very good at math. <laughs> <laughs> so you're very young at heart. If I would see one of your students and I'd said, Hey, what do you think about Mora Sara? What do you think she would say? I th this is a hard it's a question. weird question. It's a super yeah. weird question. I think my students would say that I'm 
fun unless it's a chumash test or a shorish quiz day. Then it's like serious. Like you have to be oh, fun. Serious. We have to do a lot of skills. There's real things happening in the class. We can't just right. be fun and games. It has so to be. So you make your students fun. work hard. Yes. We got to sneak in all that hard. Right. And, but it sounds um, like they realize that because on some days they're like, no, then more Sarah, she's, she's serious. One time my students had a big mess in the classroom. And I was like, if you make a big mess in the classroom, then the classroom is a mess. And as I was talking about the mess, I knocked over my <laughs> my mug of coffee and it shattered all over the floor. <laughs> and, it, and I was in the middle of this whole speech about making a mess. And I just stood there with the mug all over the floor and my mouth hanging open like, uh, uh. they were like getting a big speech. But then I was just silly. And we so all, what, do you, what did you say? What did you do? Laughing. Like I was like, <laughs> and this is an example of a mess, which I just made. Like I just <laughs> so fun. Like it's right. just fun. So, so you, when you have that kind of relationship with your students and normal things happen, they know that you're normal. You could giggle and laugh with them. And then also when it's time to be serious, you could be serious and give a test. And if you have to, you know, have a consequence, you know, it's out of love. I hope so. They should, because that's how kids learn. <laughs> And so kids will tell me like, my teacher is so strict and she's so mean or whatever. I don't know what happened. But what I do know is that a lot of times kids all of a sudden think that because something happened that makes them think that in that moment. But really, there's a reason for why things happen that sometimes we don't really understand right away. I always like to ask my own kids and kids that I know, I'll say like, you know, whenever they say like, I love my Mora, you know, I say, okay, like, do you like your Mora? Yeah, I love my Mora. She's great. I love when people say that. So I'll say to the kid, does your Mora love you? And they'll be like, yeah. And then I say, how do you know your Moro loves you? And I just always get the cutest responses. I just get not just, but it's not just cute. I don't know. I just know she does. I could tell. Or one time a kid said to me, because when she's teaching, she looks at me in a certain way. The way they make you feel could be such a special thing. You have many different teaching jobs, even in your school. You're a mower in the morning, a mower in the afternoon, and you're also a music teacher. Do you also use music in your regular classes or even in the music class? Tell me a little bit about the music and how music helps you with teaching and being a mora. Oh my gosh. Music is like a huge part of my life. Such a huge part of my life. I'm just, I guess if I was allowed, I would be that person that's always like singing in the hallways, which Mordechai does. The school makes a music video and they pick a really popular Jewish song of that year. And I changed the words to make it about school. So we did Friends. We did Thank You Hashem. We did Shiru Hashem. That's a Shashala song. And then this past year we did Lachai Olamim. And then we make music videos. And like, the kids, literally, there's over a thousand kids in RYNJ. Every one of them knows how to be a music video rock star. And they act it out and they dance and they do the so much fun. motions. And it's such a fun thing that I do at that school. That is so fun. You asked me about how do I incorporate music into my Torah learning classes? And I would say... On the flip side, how do I incorporate Torah learning into my music classes? So I really always try to incorporate both in both. Um, mm. And because everything that you're doing with kids, if a mower is with kids, it's neshama work. It's working mm-hmm. on your neshama. And music is the language of the neshama. There's nothing like a It's music for your soul. So every day in my homage class, we begin class by standing up on our chairs holding up the chamesh and singing totally Torah's picha. And then the girls like high five the chamashim with each other and they give the chamesh a huge kiss. And then we're ready to sit down and learn. And we obviously do the translation of the psukim 
with singing. I like to play songs that connect to the Chumash. So if there's any Pasuk that has a song, oh, we are listening to that song. And we're talking about, like, why did the person who made that song, why did they do that tune? Why is that a good tune? What did we learn about this Tyrek? What did we learn about what's happening in the Chumash in that spot that the person chose this Pasuk for a song and did this tune? Why is it a little serious? Why is it so fast? You know, like, what beat goes with it? And we talk about, like, some of the why. I love that. I'm trying to imagine like all the girls standing on their chairs. Every day. It would day. never get old for me. Like if I was, I, I feel like if I could watch it every day and probably like get emotional slash want to dance with them. Like I don't even know all, <laughs> totally. the, all the things. And it also like physical motion with your body really helps you with learning. So it's not only music, but also dance. So to jump up on your chair and say, I'm ready to mm-hmm. learn and then jump back down and sit in the chair your body went through a motion, a physical motion that helped you pop out that last bit of energy. And now you can sit and relax and learn. And they're moving with the Chumash also because you have to like get into it. You know, so <laughs> you have to stag back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Shuckle. Back and forth motion also. Every day I'm shuckling. I play relaxing Jewish music if the girls are working independently on assignments. Our curriculum has tons of skill songs. They can't help it. They have to sing the skill songs. So like we have a song about Hey Hashayla, Otiotetan. Just to understand and the Chumash like, and everything else. What kind of hey is this? And they all answer the whole Hey Hashayla song. And like they have to finish the song. Any song that they ever did in Kita. Bees or Gita Aleph, and I'll go, do you guys have a song for, of this? I'll be like, stand up. And then all of a sudden there's like a mini show going on. <laughs> music relaxes people. Music cheers people. Music excites people. Music connects people to their own neshama and to other people. Every Friday in my classroom, we sing Lecha Dodi and I play on the guitar. <laughs> And we hug and we um, like arms around each other, swaying back and forth. Exactly. And we sing Tov Lahodos. And that's how we close the week. So many of my students have told me that's such a special memory for them over the years. Oh, you don't remember my six page Chumash test? Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. I always think about respecting kids, making kids feel important and making kids feel good. Those are the things that people remember. We'll be right back to Morisara's incredible interview after this short presentation. Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, the podcast where we talk to some of the coolest teachers around. I'm your host, and today we have a special guest, Mrs. Teeter Sprouts. Thank you, thank you. It's really great to be here. Mrs. Teeter Sprouts, can you tell us about yourself? Of course. I've been a teacher for 15 years now, and I've taught everything from math to science to English. I love working with the kids and helping them learn and grow. That's great. So what's the funniest thing that ever happened in your classroom? Hmm, let me think. Well, there was this one time I was teaching a lesson on gravity and I had this little toy car that I was using to show how it worked. I was holding it up in the air and just as I was about to drop it, the car went flying out of my hand and it hit the ceiling. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's hilarious. So Mrs. Teeter Sprouts. 
Why do you think it's important for kids to form connections with their teachers? Well, I think it's so important because teachers can be great mentors and guides throughout a child's life. We can provide support, advice, encouragement when kids need it the most, you know. Plus, when kids feel that they have a positive relationship with their teacher, they're more likely to enjoy school and do well and get good grades. That's a great point. So what advice would you give to kids? who want to form a connection with their teacher. I would say just be yourself, talk to your teacher, ask questions, be open to learning from them, you know. Also remember, teachers are human too. They're people and we make mistakes like everyone. So if something doesn't go right, don't be afraid to talk to your teacher about how you're feeling, you know. Excellent advice. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you for joining us, Mrs. Teeter Sprout. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap, folks. Join us next time on the Teacher's Lounge, where we'll talk to another incredible teacher doing awesome things in the classroom. And now back to our conversation with Mora Sarah. You do a lot of bas mitzvahs and fun and dancing. Why do you sometimes say bas mitzvah and sometimes say bat mitzvah? What's the difference? In some neighborhoods, they call it bas mitzvah, and in some neighborhoods, they call it bat mitzvah. And I would go to any of those neighborhoods. So I like to I like love it. say bat mitzvah, bas mitzvah, because, because um, it's for I, all I types of people. Of anybody. Yeah, any right. type We're of all kids. the same, right? Yeah. We're all the same, yeah. and it doesn't matter. So if someone calls you and says, hi, could you do my bas mitzvah? You say, mazel tov, amazing. How can you do my bat mitzvah? It's amazing. Woo! Yes. I think there needs to be a new word, like a bath mitzvah. <laughs> a buzz. Ba- ba- buzz mitzvah. When you go to these bas mitzvah, do you, a lot of times, are they your old students? That you had yeah. in third or fourth grade? I go anywhere for bat mitzvahs. I've been to... Baltimore, Silver Spring, Brooklyn, Queens, Five Towns, Farakaway, Muncie, Passaic. I've been to all different towns. Springfield. I've been all over West Orange, etc. Um, and I've I also do women's kumzitzes. Sometimes kids come for kumzitzes. I've been even farther. I've been to Philadelphia. I've been to Boston. I've done it in Eretz Yisrael, Baruch Hashem, Livingston. Those are amazing. And then that's the moms of my Talmidos. So it's another wow. level of connection. And um, that's something that I love, love, love to do. Parents and mommies are also thirsty for, like we said, for the neshama to grow, for the language Everybody the loves to sing. And everybody loves to grow and everybody loves to work on themselves. I said it to my students just today. I said, when you're doing all this work and you're working in a workbook and you're working at gym and you're working hard all day, you're actually working on yourself. And grownups also like to work on themselves. When your students are working in their workbooks and you say you're working on yourself, like what does it mean for the kids? Well, it's just like another Morisaraism, as they mm-hmm. say. And they just kind of look at me like, and some of them are like, what? Do they even know and- what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like once they've been with me all year and they get my way of like, and I say everything with like floating quotations. You know, like what, like ears. you're working on yourself. Right. Hopefully they know what I mean, that I mean like on a, a deeper level or, or sometimes I'll say, this is like secrets of the Torah. A lot of times I'll tell them, this is like middle school stuff. Like if I teach you this now, it's kind of like an eighth grade thing to learn. I've taught all the grades over the years. I 
have a sense of where they're coming from and where they're going. So then I'll say to my third graders, I'll say, remember last year when you did Kinuyim, you did pronouns and you did this song on pronouns. And then, you know, next year, you're going to be memorizing an entire parak, but So I know where they need so to get to. So you know what's and- coming and you can prepare them and say, when you get to sixth grade, this is what you're going to do then. And when you yeah. get right. And even specific Shoreshim, I'll say, this is going to come up when you learn this in fifth grade in Navi. And I always call it spoiler alerts. I say spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> and I love to spoil everything for them. And that also shows that all your Torah learning is connected and that the learning that you're doing now, you need it for coming years. Yeah, so I go all over for bat mitzvahs, but when I have my Talmida and it's her bat mitzvah, I'm like crying. When I watch that kid get up and say it's Bar Torah and be this mature young lady who used to be in my class as a younger kid, I'm literally crying. It is so meaningful to me. It just makes my heart burst and I'm so happy. I, I always tell the parents, I say it was such a zechus to be a part of your simcha. I really feel like it's such a zechus for me. Teachers, rebbies, moras put so much into the kids and you watch them grow and you daven for them, worry about them. It's like your children. Yeah. It's like your parents. Like I just know from my own students, I used to always tell them like, I have my family, I have my kids. And of course I love them at my children, but you guys are part of my family. Like your family grows. And of course, like you, Marissa, you have teaching for almost 20 years. So like there's is it thousands, I don't even know at this point of students who you probably would consider like an extension of your family. How beautiful is that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So I'm, then I'm when like you get to see them grow up, yeah. it's like nachas beyond, you know? And some of them also are in Me'oro. I have some high school girls that were in my class when they were in third and fourth grade. And they're and in your performance and, that you make. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful and grown up and talented. And it's so amazing to stay connected with you. And I just love it. Beautiful people. Love you all. I'm a Mora for the kids in my neighborhood. One year, one of my students lived across the street from me and mm-hmm. she would come in my house and we would do her homework. She comes to my house every Friday and like helps me cook and bake for Shabbos. I don't know if you know, in Bergenfield, it's like a very close knit community. Yeah. In my house, I'll have kids baking cookies. I'll have kids braiding my challah. And then Shabbos morning, I run Shabbos groups for sixth and seventh grade girls. Two group leaders come and they daven and then they have kiddish and then a shear with like a Mora from the neighborhood. Wow. So, so the learning like continues into So the girls Shabbos. come to your house and it's more like the, a teacher's house. And that means that they have to wake up on Early time. They morning. can't sleep yeah. late. They come dressed in their Shabbos clothes. Gorgeous. One of my third graders, we were learning about Shemona Esrei. And it was obviously weekday Shemona Esrei. And she said, how are we going to learn about Shabbos Shemona Esrei? <laughs> I said, you're going to come to my house when you're in sixth grade and you're going to do Shabbat Shabbat right there. And she looked at me like, oh, okay. And that's like a normal thing to say because you're the kind of Mora that would just like have her students over on Shabbat morning and like, let's learn Shabbat right together. And the kids come and they know they can get candy if they wish me good Shabbat. And like, oh, so when very- you see your students like in the grocery store, what happens? They run away and hide behind <laughs> their mother and act awkward like normal kids. <laughs> It doesn't matter that they were just at my house an hour ago. Okay, supermarket sightings, it's the same for everyone. Gets I think normal. when they're little, like, let's say, it depends. Some kids' personality is that they always hide behind their mother's skirt. There's something about mother's skirts that must be very exciting. And then they come in on Monday and they go, I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I know. I saw you in the store. Oh, no, the more I saw you. are like, where? They're like, when you were coming out of your car in the parking lot in front of the building. Like, okay. <laughs> or when I'm walking to my car at dismissal and the kid who was just in my classroom sitting next to me for the last three and a half hours is on the bus and she has to go, Maura Sarah! 
Like, well, when it's dismissal, everyone has to yell goodbye to each other from every window. Like that's just a big thing at our school. We are very good at that mida. I don't know what Perkeavos calls it. <laughs> about saying goodbye to people. When everyone walks out to either their carpool car or their bus and there's like the carpool line driving (laughs) and like a kid is walking on the sidewalk towards the carpool, but the bus is leaving and you see someone and you know their name, you have to scream it out the window and scream bye to them. Like you have to. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's like really fun and so crazy. And by the way, kids, you should not scream on buses. It's really not good for your bus driver. <laughs> Agree. I'm not second, endorsing like, this behavior. I'm just no, no, no. But like in a carpool line before exactly. they pull. Yes. So once the bus starts moving, it it's really not respectful to scream and shout because the bus driver, momish, can't drive. Right, they can't. Right. It's not safe. Safety, ah, safety, safety is the doorway. And you don't want them being like, sit down, like sit. Sit down. I still remember those bus drivers and I wish I could go back to them and apologize now. You know, it sounds like you really love to be a Mora. It sounds like your students would say that your class is a lot of fun and that you really care about them. You work them hard and that's because they're going to grow. I said this before on the podcast and I'll say it again. Kids, especially in the first 10 years of life, but really up until they're teenagers and early 20s, their brain is growing faster than ever. And we need to keep stretching it. And like we say, like our brain is like a rubber band. So in order for us to stretch our brains, then the teachers, the moras, the rebbies, our job is to challenge you. And even if it doesn't feel good because you're tired and it's so annoying and I don't want to do another assignment, we're stretching your brain with you. We're helping you stretch your brain. Otherwise, you might not want to stretch it on your own. So we're like your cheerleaders. If you could imagine a mower that was so nice that she never, ever gave any homework, you would turn around at the end of the year and be like, I didn't learn anything. This mower it's true. Wasn't, wasn't so good. You would mm-hmm. think that it was good in the moment, but then afterwards you would regret it and say all that time mm-hmm. passed and I didn't do any homework. Because so, you would probably be spacing out when they're teaching. You're not learning anything <laughs> because who's going to check? Now I could just do whatever I want. Yeah. More Sarah, if you inspire so many kids in the Teaneck Bergenfield area where you live, and of course, through all the other things that you do and your kumsitzes and camp in the summer that you go to and all the kids there, what's the message you want all kids to know? What I would want every kid to know is you belong. You belong to the Jewish people. Your parents, your teachers, your friends, your friends' parents, your counselors, your shul rabbis, each one of them is a part of you. Each one of them works hard to make you part of us, part of the Jewish people. And they invest in you. You should realize that. You should appreciate that. All of the grown-ups and all of the people around you are making you who you are and are the people that make you feel like you belong. You have the DNA of the Avos and Imahos in you. Wow. Wow. And you are connected all the way back to Avram Avinu and Sarai Menu and all of their midos, kindness and chesed and the mitzvahs that they did and the closeness that they felt to Hashem. That's something that you can aspire to. And not only can you aspire to it, you can reach it because you have it handed down to you. And you should also try to inspire people around you. Even though you're a kid, you have a lot in you that you can share to people around you. When you do mitzvahs, when you work on yourself, when you try to be a better person, be a little kinder, daven with a little more kavana, do a mitzvah with a little more zrizos, all these mitos that you're learning about, when you do them, when you show that they're a part of you, you're inspiring the kids around you and also the grown-ups around you. I get inspired by kids all the time. Everyone's saying to me, you'll inspire a kid. I don't know. 
It's the kids who are inspiring me. When I watch kids daven, and when I watch kids learn Torah, and when I watch kids help each other, I'm so moved by it. So you should realize that you have it in you to inspire mm. people around you, especially if you're a kid. Especially. Yeah, especially if you're a kid. That's so beautiful. I was saying before, that, like I put music into my Torah classes, and then I try to put Torah into my music classes. My music classes are totally based on the Jewish calendar and all special days that are coming up. And we put on music shows once a month in school. In Camp Dino, we do something called Division Night, where every division prepares something with their division head and their counselors, either a song or a dance. Right. And the whole camp gets together and everyone watches each other. Like, so mm-hmm. now we do that once a month in school, where every grade prepares either a song or a dance. You're using your camp talent and your camp experience. Why should you only have fun in camp. There's a time and place to have that kind of fun throughout the school year also. So they could look forward to that. Yeah. Informal education. We call yeah. And one of my favorite ones of the year is our Mama Rachel yard site when it's our Mama Rachel music show. And when we, when it's the month of Rachel Menu's yard site, we do all songs that have to do with Mama Rachel. So we did Yaakov Shweki's song. Mama Rachel cry for us again. Won't you shed a tear for your dear children? Shandy Plotzker and Bracha Jaffe's song. Simcha Liner's song, Racham Avaka. The Devakis one, the original. And we have like up lights and we watch a video of Keva Rachel and then each grade gets up and performs, but the girls all know each other's songs. So they'll sing along. It's so beautiful and so meaningful. And it makes our learning so much richer. On Tubishvat, we do a music show where one of the groups does a big show of Hakara Satov, gratitude to the teachers. They made a speech and they said, we're like the garden, Mora, you're like the gardener. And when you water us with sunshine and water, it's really all of the Torah values and Midos and mm. all the special things that you teach us. That's like the water and the sunshine and we're like your flowers and you watch us blossom. Aww. And then they sing, we change the words around for thank you, Rebbe. And we sing, thank mm. you, dear Mora. How I wish you could see that the message you taught remains with us all of our lives. I love teaching my students in music class about the women performers because it's a tzniest way for the girls to enjoy women singers. Anyone who enjoys music should be able to have an outlet to be able to sing and express themselves. I just saw this sign that said, music is what feelings sound like. It was such a good good line. Sometimes you can't even express yourself in words and then just like song bursts out of you and it's exactly the way you're feeling is whatever the music that's going to burst out of you. For girls only, the GCBC, the Girls Choir of Bergen County, is Imrit Hashem coming out with a song. The song is all about helping others build up their self-esteem and how when you help feel good about themselves. Yeah, that they should feel good about themselves and, and that they should feel confident. And if you see somebody who seems lonely, you should reach out to them. And Mm. um, these are all the things that we love. Yes. And maybe one day that person will learn that Mida from you and they'll also reach out to someone else who feels lonely or help someone else. Wow. And so excited for it to come out. I hope that it comes out really, really soon and it might even be out already by the time this podcast airs. I hope so. Is it going to be available to listen to on like Spotify and stuff? We hope so. We hope so. Wow. That's major. 
I'm so excited for all the kids who are listening to this now and families and parents and even more as and teachers and rabbis and anybody who's listening because it's such a beautiful thing to be able to see your teacher as a person and to respect them and for teachers to really understand their students. And I loved just talking about what it's like to be a Mora and what you do. Every teacher loves their students. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. Any kid that has a Mora should know that that Mora chose to be there and loves them and loves what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And even when they get strict, it's because they want you to learn those midos and they want you to learn those skills and they want you to learn how to behave and they want you to learn yes. how to be a good person. They love you and they care about you. Every single kind of teacher. Not every teacher has kids jumping up on the chairs. Not every teacher has raffles and prizes. Don't look over your shoulder and say, oh, the other teacher has this. My teacher should. It's fine. Every right. teacher Everyone has different kids. styles and that's fine. It was so special being able to interview you and any student of yours from over the years is lucky that they can still have that relationship with their teacher and they can like keep in touch with their teacher and come to the teacher's house on Shabbos and talk to them and go to camp with them. And that's so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm looking out for all our girl listeners to hear your new song that's coming out about self-esteem because we love to feel important and worthy and good about ourselves. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much, Moritzuri. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And you should have a lot of on your amazing, amazing podcast of Incredible Kids. I mean. Now it's time for our interview with Dovi, who is from Baltimore, Maryland, and he is going to talk about a special relationship he has formed with a teacher in his school that is helping him learn better, making him feel comfortable in his school that he just switched into. And I'm going to let you hear his story for yourselves. Enjoy. Hi, Dovi. Welcome to the podcast. Can you introduce yourself? Tell us how old you are, where you're from, any interesting things about yourself. My name is Dovi Lefkowitz. I'm 12 years old. I'm in seventh grade and I like baseball, basketball and football. All right, cool. Those are all really fun sports. We're here to talk about a few things related to school and teachers, rabbis, principals. And I chose you to come onto this episode because I heard that you made a switch and you're in a new school at the end of last year and this year. So can you tell us how that's been for you? It's been good because I had friends from my old school that switched before me. So like they taught me the ropes. Friends will be there through the good times and bad. Laugh with you and cry when you're sad. That's really awesome. Friends are really important to have. In your new school, who made you feel comfortable when you got there? My friends, teachers, rebbies. My principal made me feel very welcome. He would ask me how I'm doing. If like one day I wasn't looking like good or I wasn't so up, he just asked if I'm okay and ask what he could do to help. Being a new kid in that situation in sixth, seventh grade, it probably made you feel good to know that people cared about you, right? Yeah. Now that you're there, are there any specific teachers or rabbis that you have made a connection with? Yeah, there's one rabbi. I had a rabbi. I have a dream. I have a rabbi named Rabbi Shlomo, and he learns with me every day. Did this rabbi reach out to you in the beginning, or did you seek him out? Like, how did your relationship start? To be honest, I don't really know, but it doesn't really matter. Is he the rabbi that, when I asked you about Incredible Kids, and I said, do you want to be on this episode, you said that your rabbi listened to Incredible Kids with you? Is that the same rabbi? Yeah. He just said I should get the feel of it, so I'd like know what to say, know what's going to be asked. So during the time that normally you would be learning together 
one-on-one, he used that time to do something that you were interested in at that moment. Yeah. So you just went up to him and said like, hey, I'm going to be in a podcast. Was it his idea to listen together with you? Yeah, he just said, what's it called? Wow. How did that make you feel to know that your Rebbe was interested in what you cared about at that moment? It felt really good. So what do you learn with Rabbi Shlomo on a regular day? We learned Mishnayas and we just made a CM a couple of weeks ago on Beitza and went to the Orioles game. Wow, that's a really good incentive. It sounds like this Rebbe really gets you. Like he gets what you would want and everything. Just the two of you went to this baseball game? Yeah, uh, we got dropped off at the stadium and then we took the light rail back. Did it feel natural to spend the day with your Rebbe, like out of school? Yeah. You're saying it like it's normal, but I know a lot of kids would probably not be used to it. It's really cool that you have that opportunity. What's his job, this Rabbi Shlomo? What's his job in your school, like officially? On his contract, it's a science teacher, but really school counselor, I guess. So he's your science teacher and he's also learning Mishnayis with you. Does he learn with other boys as well? Yeah, he learns with other people. Mishnayis, Gemara, Chumash, sometimes like Shimon Esrei Brachos, what the translation is. Wow, he sounds like a jack of all trades. You're really lucky that you have someone like him and remember that like wherever you go you're gonna go to high school before you know it before you could blink you're gonna be moving on to further stages of schools you should always look for people like that even if they don't find you you can look for them it's a really important thing to know because there's so many people that are there to help you there's a kid listening who is in a situation where they're in school or maybe even in camp and they need help making a connection with a teacher, Rebbe, or counselor, what advice could you give them about connecting with people and how to make a relationship? Just tell them the truth. Tell them what you really think and hopefully they'll be able to help you out. That's really good. That's really good because being honest is the way that you're going to get help as you get older and different things happen and you want to talk about your feelings and your friends and different things that come up. These kind of people like Rabbi Shlomo, who I don't know, but it sounds like he's probably the type that you could probably go to him as an address. He's like another trusted adult that you could have in addition to your parents and anyone else. That's a very good thing to know, no? Never thought about it that way. You learn new things on Incredible Kids. What's your next goal now that you made it past Masech Tas Trying to finish Moe before my barber's I form my Masechtas and hopefully he'll be able to help me finish that goal. Oh, there we go. Wow, that's going to be really beautiful. That's really special. You're in this new school and it sounds like the teachers have really been looking out for you. And it sounds like the kids also. I want to just segue for a second and talk about the kids because you came with friends. Have you developed new friendships since you've been there? Because it's always important for kids to hear about the value of friends and how they stand up for each other. Yeah, actually, one of my friends, he wasn't really my friend. One day I wasn't there and he like ran into a metal pole and his like under his knee just opened up. A bunch of kids in our class just took him to Dougie's as a welcome back from the hospital. We were that big of friends. I guess something clicked. Became friends. And do you have each other's back? Yeah. We have a good bond. That's really important. It sounds like Rabbi Shlomo works really hard. What do you think he deserves? Like, what does a Rebbe deserve after working so hard? More money. If anybody is listening, administrators, more money. M-O-N-E-Y. For who? Through a bam. What shall I do when the money runs dry? How do you propose that this issue should be solved? Because this is like a crisis that people are talking about the world over. Like, everybody knows that Rebbe's and teachers need to get paid more money. How do you think that this should be solved? Ask the parents, tell them the relationship that they have with the kids and tell them if you want that to grow more, you gotta grow that bank account. The parents need to pay even more tuition. Donations. 
separate from tuition there should be more donations okay you seem like the type that you're very like you know what the word entrepreneurial means it's a guy that just could make money one day needs 200 dollars bang finds a way Correct. They just find a way to make it work and they hustle. If you had a way to do something yourself to help your rebellion, what would you do? I'm going to raise money for door by door. We need more money for this rebellion. I'm going to buy a fancier building for them in the future. All right, go get them. Do you want to just say any last words you could speak now to your rebbies directly, to your teachers, to Rabbi Shlomo, to anyone else that you want to mention that brought you to where you are today in this monumental occasion at the end of this school year? Yeah, I got a couple of shout outs. So. Let's do this. Shout out to the best principal, Rabbi Khmeri. Shout out to Rabbi Shlomo. Shout out to Bubby Judy, the best Bubby. Shout out to Uncle Simcha Paraflight. You need transport a loved one. You want to go on a random trip? Uncle Simcha Shane. We got Danielle. Shout out to Rabbi Gofez. Shout out to Marty. Thank you for having me. Wow, I never got a shout out in front of my face before. That felt really good. Dovi, thank you so much for coming on Incredible Kids. And I hope that your relationship with your Rebbe continues for years to come. And you should always continue to connect with Rebbeim and teachers for the rest of your life. It's that important. Thank you so much for having me. And now it's time for homework. Oh, come on. Not that kind. Okay. You know, the homework here is not like the homework that you just finished from school. So not to worry about that. This week's homework is to think back to a teacher, Rebbe Mora, who made a difference in your life and write them a note and stick it in an envelope. Tell them how you feel. Tell them how they made a difference in your life. And the further back you go, the better. Like who cares if you're already in eighth grade and this is for your second grade teacher. Every teacher would love to receive a note like that. You never know how that will make them feel that day when they're opening it. And it's really an exercise for you and remembering to have Hakar Satov and also reflecting on yourself. Like, look at me. I became the person I am today because of all the different things that people have put into me and that I've done to work on myself. So send a message to that special teacher. You can stick it in an envelope and even find a stamp and send it in the mail. And if you do that, please let us know at ikidspodcast at gmail.com. And you can even send a picture of your mail that you're sending to your teacher. And I would love to hear about it and see it myself. Of course, if it's private and personal, keep that private and personal. And of course, everybody, thanks for listening. And no matter what your summer plans are, I hope that you're going to have a summer full of fun, laughter, exercise, staying cool, and making new friends and making good choices every single day. And remember, you are all incredible. And I'll see you next time on Incredible Kids Podcast. If you want to book Morisara for your Simcha, her contact information can be found in the show notes. And again, thank you to our sponsors. And don't forget to like us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you're listening, hit the follow button and give us a rating. This just helps more kids be able to find our podcast easily. And don't forget to tell all your friends in camp, you're going to have new friends, right? So when you're in day camp or of course in sleepaway camp or wherever you're going, don't forget to tell all your friends about Incredible Kids. See you next time. Are you an incredible kid? Send your story to ikidspodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe today to the Incredible Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, you are all Incredible Kids!